You're listening to The Itch. My name is Casey. My name is Dan. And I'm Aaron. And this week, we are scratching The Itch for a crossover. For the second time this season, we have got ourselves a guest who is a friend of ours from the uh, podcast world. And that is uh, one Brian Colburn, co-host of the Playlist Wars podcast. So, Brian, thank you for joining us tonight. We are very happy to have you. Gentlemen, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to talk a little bit more Weezer with you guys tonight. <laughs> That's true. This is not actually the first time that Brian and I will be in the same conversation about Weezer. Just the other day, Brian and I participated in a recording of his show about this band, wherein I tried to come up with a 10 track playlist that could compete with those made by himself and his co-host Gomez. So you can check that out. Where can they check that out, Brian? You can find that on PlaylistWarsPodcast.com or just by searching Playlist Wars anywhere where fine podcasts are found, as well as our podcast. See, he keeps his podcast where fine ones are found. We keep ours where like the lowbrow ones are found. <laughs> oh, I, I figure fine. I, 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 I like to lead with fine and then be like, and then there's us. So at least, right. you know, I feel like we're including ourselves with fine, but we get it. <laughs> yeah. I, I always like whenever you see like a, like an advertisement for like a new book or something or even a new album. And it's like, find it anywhere books are sold. And I'm like, I feel like that's just lazy because like you're like, I don't know where this is going to be found. But, you know, you, you could probably figure it out. That's every time I see that. That's what I feel like they're saying, even though it's it's not. Well, it's funny because people will say to us, are you available on? And they'll name some platform that I haven't heard of before. And then I have to go research the platform. Basically, the ones that people ask about the most, though, are iTunes, Spotify, Google, Amazon, Pandora. We're on all of those. That's right. So you can check out our episode about Weezer and the Playlist Wars episode about Weezer. I recommend doing them in close proximity. And you'll get the full, all-encompassing experience. <laughs> of this the full Weezy effect. <laughs> <laughs> well, we definitely appreciate having you on the show because uh, some of us are not the biggest Weezer fans, <clears throat> myself. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it's definitely nice to have somebody kind of add a little bit more input because this would have been a very one-sided conversation by Aaron otherwise <laughs> and honestly <laughs> so for one ever since we came up with the idea for this show I've been wanting to do a Weezer episode of some sort and the timing worked out perfectly that we could do it um, this year when they've released two albums but I also knew that Weezer is a very polarizing band that even amongst the itch, it was very polarizing. And I didn't want this episode to be a thing where it was me trying to convince you guys <laughs> to like this band. <laughs> so <laughs> I just didn't want to do that. So I was yeah. like, let's bring in somebody who is knowledgeable and seems to like them. And that way it'll be balanced. Oh, wait, so, so that means it's my job to convince them to like Weezer? Yes. No. <laughs> 15 studio albums did not convince us to like 15? Weezer. So I think you're shut out of luck. I, 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 won't, I won't go that far, but... <laughs> well, I, that's where I think we do run the gamut. I'm, I'm not going to say I'm a fan of everything they've done, but I am a person who pays attention when they do something. Dan, it seems like, is not particularly interested in any given way. No. <laughs> and is with many things that I've learned about the itch. He <laughs> is somewhere between where I am and where Dan is. Yep. <laughs> that's, that's pretty good. That's pretty accurate, actually. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
for, for me on, on almost any Weezer album, they've got at least two to four songs that I can get enjoyment out of. Which for you, then at least they would be a good live show because 15 albums, two to four yeah, songs right, each. Right, right. There's going to be some stuff well, in there that you'll get a kick out of. That's if they play those songs, unless they're like 311 and they just go jam bandy and uh, only in dreams for like 20 minutes or whatever. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Since you're talking about Weezer Live, to give you an idea of how much I really don't care for this band. <laughs> There was a Point Fest years and years ago, one of my favorite Point Fests of all time, not because Weezer was playing in it, um, <laughs> Naturally. but because they, it was really funny, actually, it stormed. And so like the front stage got delayed a little bit. And so it's really funny, too, that I'm saying this now because the band that I'm about to mention is is crap now. But um, so, <laughs> so, wow. Okay. Yeah saliva was playing the front stage and this was after their initial cd had just released like their first cd was amazing it was just released it was a hardcore heavy album and they played the front stage at the same time weezer was playing the main stage and everybody obviously was there to see weezer the whole show was you know weezer was headlining uh, but myself my friends and about i'd say probably 300 people or so were packed in front of that little stage in front of saliva we were like the metalheads at the concert and it was one of the <laughs> coolest experiences because i think saliva was blown away for one that they you know they knew that they're going to play the same time as weezer i don't think they expected anybody to be in front of that stage um and they just fed off the crowd it was one of the greatest concert experiences i've ever had because i've, I've never seen a band feed off the crowd the way that they did that particular show and it just made for an excellent concert but to this day i still do not regret my decision to miss weezer because i've never seen them live and I don't care. <laughs> so I'll say this. Jos- Josie Scott's a hell of a front man. And yeah. when there was rumblings that he was going to rejoin the band over the last year and change over all the blabbermouth trade publications, I was like, I'm on board with that because nothing against the new singer, but I felt like it was Josie Scott light. Right. And yeah. I mm. really enjoyed the stuff they did with Josie all the way up through like Survival of the Sickest, which was much more of just a straight ahead rock album than it was kind of the rap rock that they did in the earlier days. But there was something about his voice that he could scream and sing equally well. I'm not a flag carrying member of new metal. I'm not going to sit there and, and praise <laughs> new metal. There's a lot of garbage in new metal, but. <laughs> Saliva was one of those bands that I felt like these guys could have a good, good career ahead of them. And they still do. But I just think it's on a different level without Josie. Well, not to get too far off subject. I I agree with you. And I did agree with you until uh, they met Chad Kroger. Exactly. Exactly what I was going to (laughs) say. And then they just sucked after that. (laughs) (laughs) You're talking about Hero, right? Yes. Yep. Yes. Yeah. I, yep. I, I like to forget that song ever happened. But. <laughs> yeah, I wish I could. If there's ever a playlist wars about either of those bands, that song will not be there. So <laughs> Guaranteed. Regardless, I'm definitely glad to have you here to talk about some Weezer because like, I'm not huge into Weezer. I don't really know much about them, but I was really intrigued to find out that haven't their last three albums all been concept albums now? Pretty much. I wouldn't. I don't know if I would call them concept. You can because I mean, there was a cover album if you want. Well, there was a cover cover album, which is a concept album essentially. It's a concept yeah, the, of cover or well, cover songs. The I guess there, it has a theme to it of cover. Sure, there was yep. the orchestra album that had no guitar, and mm-hmm. then there was the power ballad album that was basically a tribute to Van Halen. 
And then there More was the Black Album, which was a tribute to Garbage. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> Black Album is uh, as I'm you sorry. will find. It, yeah, it's fine as you as you'll find out if you go listen to the Playlist Wars. I don't have any recollection of the Black Album, despite hearing it multiple times. <laughs> It's very black. It's the dark times. Yeah, there's none more black. So did that come out after Teal? It came out um, uh, literally about six weeks after Teal. Oh. Like, te- like it, Teal was a little bit of a surprise, I think, if I remember correctly. Occasionally, Weezer likes to do some surprising album releases, and actually, we can get into that in a minute, because they, they sort of did that this year as well. But yeah. yeah. It, to me, the Teal album is the world's greatest PR move by a band. Yes. Because yeah. I'm sorry, yeah. but Eve, they had to have been sitting in the studio listening to the Black Album going, you know, that Africa cover really did well. Let's bang <laughs> out nine more because we're, we're not going to sell much of this one. And I'll tell you, I, I jumped on the Teal Album the day it was released. The day the Black Album was released, I didn't go to a record store. <laughs> <laughs> and you're on to something. I mean, the Teal album, well, Africa, their particularly their cover of Africa was their their biggest hit that they had had in ages. Mm-hmm. So it really like Weezer has this way of like always existing and doing something, but like every, you know, like I don't know, most of 7 or 8 years or something, they'll have like a track that kind of blows back up again and kind of brings them back up to that like higher level for a while. And then they kind of do their own thing and get goofy for a while and r- repeat the cycle. Kind of. And so it totally makes sense that they're like, you know what? Africa was good. We already did uh, Rosanna. Like, let's just let's just roll with this. Teal. No, it's time for TLC. <laughs> yeah. And TLC. <laughs> <laughs> and look, I have no hate for the Africa cover. And I know some people do because they're like, oh, it's by the books. It's paint by numbers. Yes, it is. But there is a generation of Weezer fans now. My daughter, who's 12, being one of them who never heard a Weezer until they heard that song on the radio. Yeah. So if it introduced my child to a band that I already like, that's a win for Weezer. And that's a smart move on their part Yeah. because they want to stay relevant. And if my daughter came to me and said, Hey dad, can you take me to see Ariana Grande or can you take me to see Weezer? Which concert do you think we're going to? <laughs> well, Ariana Grande. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Dan, I want you to answer that same question. Hey, Ariana's pretty hot. Um, so. <laughs> so if your boys came up to you and said, I need to go see either Ariana Grande or Weezer, you see, might go Ariana. <laughs> you forget who you're talking to. My boys don't even know who the fuck that is. I know, <laughs> but it's a hypothetical question. I'm just saying, like, I don't think that they would know who that is. <laughs> and that's, so regardless, <laughs> I, I'm sure you guys know the answer to that. But but what I, my point being is that their 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 musical uh, world is very narrow it's only what i let them listen to <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i like it yeah unfortunately <laughs> um my wife is in the car with them a lot so they get to listen to, to pop radio and they're big into pop and i'm fine with that but uh when i was out with my daughter the other day someone asked her name some bands you like and she goes well I like weezer now that my father's been playing it i like some slipknot i whoa, like some anti-flag and, and, and you, wow. you mentioned bands like that, but then she's like, but I also like Ariana Grande and Taylor Swift. And, <laughs> and to me, I said, you know what? That's fine. Keep your scale balanced. Listen to all the pop yeah. you want, but make sure you balance it with a good helping of rock and hard rock and punk, because that gives you just a great breadth of musical knowledge. I'm fine. I listen to country, bluegrass, punk, jam bands, hip hop. 
<laughs> it, it, it only takes a crappy song for me not to like it, not the genre. Right. Right. That's fair. I got you. Which is the black album to me. They tried. <laughs> <laughs> they did songs that were crappy, and I don't like it because they were putting out stuff that didn't speak to me. OK Human, on the other hand, feels like a modern day pet sounds. And to me, that spoke to me on levels of me growing up listening to oldies with my parents. And yeah. it's it's an album with a symphony, but it wasn't the typical rock album with a symphony. This wasn't your Metallica S&M. This wasn't, hey, let's take all the songs you already know and slap an orchestra on them. A lot of bands do that. This was Weezer saying, screw it. Let's write a whole brand new album of songs that are focused around an orchestra. And I genuinely respected that because, I mean, anything, it's a it's a palate cleanser for the Black Album. It's <laughs> yeah. a reset button, whatever you want to call it. That's a good segue to sort of introduce the main themes I think we want to cover here today. Even though we're a number of minutes into recording now, we can still kind of revive revive that idea. So this is a big year for Weezer. Earlier this year, like you just mentioned, OK Human came out in January. Uh, it's an album that they they first kind of started talking about and, and doing stuff with uh, in 2017. And then in May, they released Van Weezer, which was an album that was done and ready to roll before the whole pandemic. They actually literally went about a full year between releasing singles for it, which is kind of hilarious. And then also going further back, this is an anniversary year for them. It's been five years since they released the White Album, which I would consider start to finish actually one of their best. It has been 20 years since the Green Album, which was a big uh, comeback after they kind of disappeared for a while in 2001. And 25 years since Pinkerton, which is by the majority of people who care very much about this band, either their first or second favorite uh, album by this band. And so there's a lot going on. And so I feel like there's a lot to talk about. And I think OK Human and Van Weezer is uh, is a great one-two punch to start with, because I think, as kind of Brian just alluded to, they both kind of represent um, some of the influences and the things that this band clearly loves. But it's both complete opposite ends of the spectrum of what this band can do musically. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. Van Weezer is the party. OK Human is the cafe at the end of the night when you're trying to clean up your hangover and both work really well the concept for me if you were to call it a concept album with okay human it sounded like a wedding band like if they were a wedding band that had a flute and a cello and then them that's what it is it's it's wedding band album I mean, or orchestral music is is good for that kind of thing it, it makes sense and and what to me i find that uh, like to, to kind of bounce off that, I feel like the album is just Weezer with strings because yeah. Grapes of Wrath, I feel, could be on any Weezer album if you swap out the orchestra for guitars because the beat and the melody and River's vocals don't change. Yeah. It's just what sits on top of them. So it's like having sausage on your pizza instead of pepperoni. <laughs> it's funny that you mentioned that song because that's actually one of them that I, I did write down off of that album that I, I actually really did like that song because it reminded me of some old school Weezer, the Grapes of Wrath song. Um, and I actually like the the orchestra sound more so than the the power ballad sound or the the guitar sound just because i think it works better with river's voice like you know yeah. me and my wife were talking about it and rivers has got a very distinct kind of voice that it doesn't lend well especially to like metal or heavier rock type 
of uh, guitar lines. And I just, that's why I felt like, okay, like I kind of like the songs off of okay human better than I did the Van Weezer album. I, I do respect both of them. And I, I thought it was, there's some of the songs on the Van Weezer album were very interesting, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely liked the, the concept for okay human better. Yeah. Dan, because you are the one who has been most vocal about your non-love for this band, I'm actually almost most intrigued to hear the things that, that, that stood out to you in a positive way. And I think you're on to something with Rivers that I think that's always kind of been part of this band's shtick or, or their appeal for some people is that like he clearly sounds like this like sensitive dork. Yeah. And... He, but he loves playing these like shredding guitar solos and stuff like that. And so he he's like this weird, <laughs> awkward mismatch. You go all the way back to the Blue Album, like think I think of like In the Garage. It's the whole thing of him just like being himself and being like this nerd and feeling like the garage is his safe place because he doesn't have to worry about fitting in. And so I feel like you just kind of nailed what what makes them unique for better or worse is the fact that he's like a rock singer that doesn't really sound like a rock singer. Yeah. And I also want to jump on that. I love the fact about Rivers that even though we kind of crapped all over the Black Album, I totally respect the fact that he has no qualms about, I want to do an album that sounds like this. I want to do an album that sounds like this. And it still all falls under Weezer. Right. Mm. Whereas when Megadeth, and I know that that's a weird thing, <laughs> but when Megadeth did Risk... And they started introducing industrial music into their into their sound. Or when Corn did the was it the Path to Totality was the yeah. dubstep yeah. album dubstep they did. One, yeah. dubstep, it just yep. felt out of place. Where Weezer has always been confetti up in the air, see what sticks, and <laughs> that's something I kind of I as a musician I respect that because if he wants to do a dance album. <laughs> F you, he's doing a dance album. Yeah, and yeah. then if he wants to follow that up with an orchestra, but at the end of the day, it's all still Weezer. So that part I respect. I, I agree. And I think honestly, you know, the, the Van Weezer was their 15th album that came out at this point. He's earned that um, to where, you know, he can do that and get away with it in the sense that, you know, everybody's still going to respect it because it's, it's rivers. It's because it's Weezer. Um, and you know, they have carved out their niche. They've, they've got their, their dedicated fans, obviously, like you guys are showing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, I, I think I, I agree with everything you, you said about uh, rivers in, in this band. And that's why they have lasted and can do the shit that they can, that they have done and get away with it. And people still listen and, and like it. Cause yeah, I'm a huge Metallica fan, but I don't see Metallica going out there and putting a, you know, the opposite of, of guitars, like just going like, Hey, let's just go with piano album. This album, like, no, you can't fucking do that. You're Metallica. You can't. We're doing the well, cover of undone. You they're going to do, they're going to do, they're going to do S and M without the M. It's just, just, just symphony. It's literally just, just Metallica symphony. Maybe we'll just have an acoustic album. We're, we're yeah. going to do that. Like, no, it doesn't work. You're Metallica. You have to do something heavy metal. And that's, you know, I think that Weezer has, like I said, I think that they've just established themselves to where they can do that stuff. And, and, and it's successful. And keep in mind, Metallica could do Lulu too. So be careful. <laughs> what don't the fuck dare is them that? I, do. I don't. I don't acknowledge that because just like I don't. <laughs> there's a couple of Metallica albums I don't acknowledge. There's there's now, that one and then there's another one. That, yeah. What again? I I don't hear anything. You guys keep saying stuff. I'm not hearing. But this if shit. they did Lulu too, 
they they would have to spell it T O O like Teen Wolf two in the eighties, then I would be fine with it. Because that's the way when I hear the Unforgiven two on whatever the hell album it's on as yeah. on Reload, Reload, I always think that it's T O O when he sings it. Because are you Unforgiven two? Yeah, it's not the number, so I hear T O O, so I think yep. Teen Wolf two. <laughs> To piggyback off of what Dan said, I think he's spot on. And so there's a lyric on, uh, we talked a little bit briefly about Back in the Shack on the Playlist Wars episode. There's a lyric in there where he said, where he basically is apologizing for like making like disco-y, dancey stuff and saying, we belong, he says, we belong in the rock world. And then he says, if we die in obscurity, oh, well, at least we raise some hell. And that line cracks me up because I'm like, come on, Rivers, you know, this band is never going (laughs) to die in obscurity because- they've reached the point like Dan was saying, where like they can do whatever they want and there's still going to be a fan base for them. And they, yeah, they're going to put some people off as they do with almost every release, but they also get fans and they also have a very loyal group of fans. Like I think the phrase I've heard is too big to fail. And I think that's where Weezer's at is like this out. They can make literally anything that they really decide that they want to. And all people have to do if they don't like it is wait for the next thing, because they're going to put out something else pretty soon after. And I'll say this much though, if okay, human, and Van Weezer are the direction they want to stick for the next few years, as opposed to the 2017 through 2019 Pacific Daydream, Black Album, even the Teal Album, per se, as much as I enjoy it, I could still listen to the originals. They didn't really give me so much. They didn't reinvent those songs to the point where I feel like it's a Weezer album, but I feel like that was the most uninventive years of the band. And if, okay human and van weezer is where they're going to go into the future i'm okay with that yeah yeah one thing i I wanted to say that i found most impressive about van weezer is that you know obviously you hear the word the title van weezer and it immediately comes to mind that it's a a tribute to eddie van halen Uh, but this album was made before he passed like i believe it was i mean it was actually done and ready to be released like in 2019 and i think that the pandemic happened and of course uh, eddie van halen passed away october 2020 so yeah, I, I I just I don't know if they just I I mean what are they psychic like how the hell, <laughs> like, how the hell did they pull this off to where like they just were you know that's the question that I was just was blowing me away I was like how did they know was this just an idea that they had and they wanted to kind of pay tribute and yeah. then all of a sudden he passed and it kind of means a lot more now at this point it took I, on a whole new meaning when Eddie passed hundred percent. Right. I think that that's what you just said is exactly what it is. They'd, they'd been working on this album where they were going to get back into, you know, those like 70s and 80s, like metal riffs and stuff that they loved. They had already actually announced that the album was going to be delayed in, in the middle of the pandemic because the Hell Omega tour got postponed a year. Yeah. But they were the big tour they were doing with Green Day and Fall Out Boy. And so they're like, well, we'll just wait till next year and release the album closer to when we hope we can actually do the tour. And then, you know, in the time between that delay, is when Eddie died, at which point it's just another layer of like depth to the album is that now it's, you know, now it's dedicated to him as well. It was already, you know, dedicated to him in part as a, I don't want to call it a joke, but it's, it was already sort of a loving tribute. Paying homage. If you look at the title of the album, you can guarantee, you can already guess what kind of sounds you're likely to hear. I think that was, yeah. And there's definitely some couple of tributes that are meant to be Eddie Van Halen riffs. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember the name of it. To me, the end, end of, of the, the game has got Eddie one. Van Halen written all that's over it. it. Yep, that's it. That was the one I was thinking of too. That's yeah. one of my favorite songs on the album, besides the lead single "Hero." 
And there's actually a number of songs on here on Van Weezer that they credit other artists and writers for, yep, yep. not necessarily because they worked with them directly, but because they blatant, like Blue Dream is Crazy yeah. Train. It's clearly Ozzy, right? Yeah, it's a rip and, off. And, well, it's a it's a tribute. It's not a ripoff. It's, bla- it's a ripoff. It's a is- kid rock ripoff. Okay, <laughs> it is a kid rock ripoff. I would disagree because oh. a, a ripoff would be whenever this is a band that put out an album as we just established that said, "Hey, we're going to pay tribute to all these legends that we loved," and in this case, we're going to literally take their riff and rework it. Into and that's something. exactly what Kid Rock did on American Badass. Doesn't mean it was a tribute album. It was a shit album. Well, I'm that's a very different that, thing. That, you song, can feel how you feel just, about Weezer, but please keep Kid Rock out of this. This <laughs> song is the same exact thing. Tell me, how is this song different from Kid Rock's American Badass? It's not. It's the <laughs> same thing. They took the music from that Ozzy song and they put their own lyrics over it. You can call it a tribute, but it's still the same thing. The story I've read about this song was that they had the song and it just needed that little something extra. And they started sliding the riff in. And they realized that it worked even better with the (laughs) crazy train riff. So they approached Ozzy and said, here's the song. Here's it without the riff. Here's it with the riff. Could we use the riff and credit you? And he got permission. But there's also a connection between Rivers and Ozzy because the song Hashpipe was originally written to give to Ozzy. Ozzy turned it down. So they had a relationship somehow to be able to get permission to do that. Because if if my band decided to pull a riff from uh, Crazy Train, we wouldn't get permission. We'd get sued. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. This album is full of those kind of things, though. Like, I Need Some of That has some sort of Blue Oyster Cult kind of vibes, if you listen carefully in there. It also, um, it also kind of starts off kind of like uh, the Warrior like scandal. Kind of. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, I don't actually know that. There, there's a ton of songs on Van Weezer where, like, the first 15 seconds of the song sounds like a completely different song. Like Sheila mm-hmm. can do it. Sounds like girls, girls, girls. Yes, and I, I felt like again that was a wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Mm-hmm. And, and, that, I know- and that's kind of the concept of this album. And yeah. I appreciate that much more than what they did with with the song Blue Dream. I, I, I do because, <laughs> like, like you said, the song in the end of the line. You know, you could tell that that was an Eddie Van Halen tribute. And, you know, it started off like that. And then it goes into the song. That's kind of a completely different thing. I, I respect that. And I appreciated that. Um, and I also because one thing I, I really liked was on one more hit. I thought the breakdown was really cool to that song. I just didn't think it fit the song. Yeah. Oh, the, me- the metal breakdown in the middle, I thought was fantastic. Yeah. And you know <laughs> what? If they do that in concert, you know, a pit's breaking out like crazy. <laughs> With a bunch of Weezer nerds in the crowd going like, are we supposed to mosh to this? You know? Right. <laughs> now you really just sold me on going to that tour because now I want to see what a Weezer pit would look like. <laughs> like I have no idea what that a would look like. A bunch of kids pushing each other. Like, Stop pushing me. Right. <laughs> a lot of hand slapping. Now, I'll tell you, I saw Weezer with the Foo Fighters back in, I want to say 2007. Mm-hmm. And Weezer brought it that night because you're opening for the Foo Fighters and the Foo Fighters are a straight up hard rock, no frills, meat and potatoes band. Right. 
Weezer didn't come out and do a lot of the dancey kind of stuff that was on at that point. Some of the make believe hits. We didn't get Beverly Hills. We didn't get some of the fluffier stuff from the Red Album. We got Dope Nose. We got Hash Pipe. Nice. We got We Are On Drugs. El, yeah, El Scorcho. <laughs> we got the heavier, heavier Weezer songs, and they worked with Foo Fighters. Now, if Weezer was doing a festival and they're playing with, let's say, an Ariana Grande or you know a Coachella, <laughs> they can go pull from the Black Album or Pacific Daydream and somehow weave their way into that set too. And they're so going to play the crap out of Africa on that tour too. Oh, you of course, that. you know yeah. that. <laughs> They'll open and close with it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Question. That's true for you guys, because again, I, I I don't I didn't do much much research on, into the making of these, but beginning of the end, it says Cuomo and Billy Joel. Is that Billy Joel Armstrong? No, no it's actually Billy, Billy Joel. Billy Joel, the piano man, Billy Joel. Oh, it, yeah, because it contains kind of a bit of uh, uh for the longest time. But not in the album version. You have to watch the ending credits to Bill and Ted face the music. It's, ah. an, al- it's an alternate mix during the credits. So I went back and okay. watched the movie and said, oh, so that's where it came from. I nice. wondered, and I forgot, I haven't seen that movie yet, and I forgot that that song was in there, which is... Well, I could yeah. save you an hour and a half if you want. I mean, like- <laughs> that's all right. That's all right. We'll be Bill and Ted out for right now. Okay. <laughs> but <laughs> What was interesting to me was, like, like we mentioned, like so Van Weezer was it's they've been talking about this album for like two years right and to my knowledge so a little bit of background on a little more background on this band rivers is known to have spreadsheets full of lyrical ideas and arrangements and all these kind of stuff a full like very cataloged like listing of the tracks that they are working on that they finished and he'll kind of just pick at them and be like okay these ones could fit here and these ones could fit here. That's what Rivers does until there's an album ready. Like they mentioned that they were working on a, or that OK Human was a project that they had in mind a long time ago and Van Weezer as well. And to my recollection, it was always originally intended to be Van Weezer coming out first. But then I think somewhere along the lines, maybe during the pandemic, they just completed work on OK Human and just decided, you know what? Let's uh, slide this one in here first. This yeah. is, as we already established, you know, in 2019, they released Teal and Black Album within like six weeks of each other. You go back to uh, 2008, 2009, 2010, an album each year, and then four years before the next one. Like this is a band that releases stuff when they feel like it. And sometimes it's a big gap and sometimes it's rapid fire. So OK Human just kind of like slid in almost as a surprise while they were talking up Van Weezer all this time. And I think that was just very interesting and and then the back and forth the way that they released singles from van weezer ages ago then released okay human as an album then released van weezer as an album and now they just released a like remix of a single from okay human like they're actually like promoting two albums like at the same time and i think that that is crazy (laughs) i actually have a, a theory on that and it's because the hella mega tour got postponed because let's be honest the songs on van weezer would fit in nicely when you're paired up with Fallout Boy and mm-hmm. Green Day. That's written for a punk rock kind of rock and roll show. OK Human, not so much. So no. I, I feel like they put OK Human out during the winter when nobody was touring. They didn't know when touring was going to happen again. And that's kind of a chill album. And in the in the dead of winter, it's, it's a nice, it fits, because you don't really need to tour on that album. 
Van Weezer is a summer turn up the amps rock album, and they kind of needed to tie that to a tour. Yeah. But do you think it also had something to do with Eddie Van Halen passing that that they wanted to make sure that when they actually released Van Weezer that it was you know the product that they wanted to make sure that they're releasing? I'm sure they revisited it. Although everything I've I've read, as far as I understand, Van Weezer had already been done and in the can, ready to go before Eddie's passing. So I mean, yeah, maybe they went back and tweaked a couple things or just double checked. But uh, I don't think that was quite the rationale for it. But yeah, I mean, this was. They announced uh, in November of last year that OK Human was complete, which doesn't necessarily for Weezer mean that it's coming out. They, Like I said, they kind of do what they feel like there. Uh, in late January, they announced a release date of 11 days later and dropped the first single. Um, and a- as a side note, I also want to note, you know, Van Weezer, obviously the Van Halen reference. OK Human is is named. It's a Radiohead reference. Because Radiohead's yeah, yeah. one their arguably most famous release is an album called OK Computer. And uh I kind of just appreciate whenever they they do those little nerdy things like that. Uh, yeah, and, and honestly the the title is almost what made me not even want to give OK Human a listen. I'm like, if they're going for the Radiohead <laughs> thing, I can't listen to this. It doesn't sound like Radiohead. No, but thank it, God it, it does. Yeah. It does. I appreciate like, it anytime they take the time to actually fucking name an album. <laughs> <laughs> not just colors. Yes, not just colors. Here, here you go, Brian. Playlist Wars episode idea. Albums named after colors. And you can include the ones that are, you know, unofficially named after colors. Yeah, you got 75% of that list would be Weezer albums. <laughs> I guess you can't do playlists if it's full albums. But nonetheless, the point still kind of stands somewhere in there. <laughs> it's all right. Next next year, they'll come out with a double disc and it'll be Tan and Taupe. <laughs> hey, you know what? Baroness does that kind of thing. They release albums that are named after colors and sometimes they yellow and green. Or green so, and yellow, whichever order it is, that's that's their best work, in my opinion. But anyway. here's my question: If Weezer ever did a greatest hits album, would they just call it the Plaid album? <laughs> they would have to. It would be Plaid be or great. Rainbow or something. Technicolor. Like that. Yeah. Technicolor. <laughs> <laughs> it would be clear. It would be completely see through. The like, spectrum. <laughs> the spectrum album. The spectrum. There you go. <laughs> I don't. That's that's a very that's a very fair idea right there. I want to know what's going to happen because eventually they are. I just feel like eventually, you know, orange, purple, brown, whatever's left, yellow. I'm surprised <laughs> yellow hasn't coming at, come yet. It feels like yellow should have been a thing by now. So they're just going to put out as many albums as there are colors in a as, Crayola can, a crayon box. As, huh? Yeah. What are they going to do when they get past the normal color names, like your your traditional ones? Are they going to get into like, the, I don't know, the, Fuchsia, Cyan? The Magenta album. Yeah. Magenta album. They'll, they'll just, all they have to do is do the 96 crayon Crayola box. <laughs> they'll be good to go. Weezer, the Burnt just, Sienna album. Just, <laughs> just start calling it Spanish names. The Amarillo album. The, Amarillo. the Azul album. You know what? I, you know what? I would not put that past them. I wouldn't even put it past them to make the Blue album in Spanish and release the Azul album just for the heck of it. Just why not? Hey, David, David Lee Roth did it and did it well in the 80s. It's, there it's, there's precedent. <laughs> Does anybody remember that, or am I dating myself here with age? He re-recorded uh, "Eat 'Em and Smile" completely in Spanish and released the album. It's a very, very interesting listen. I'll just leave it at that. That is that is curious. I appreciate when bands try to do that kind of. We thing. We were all in single digits in the eighties. Sorry, <laughs> it's, it's true. Same it's here, true. same here. But I was also I had cousins who were in high school, so wow. I just gravitated to whatever they were listening to. Yeah. So, so one question I got for, we've established on the itch plenty of times that Casey and Dan, um, 
know far more and have listened to far more classic rock and, and than I have. And that, that includes if you count stuff into the 80s, into Metallica, Van Halen and stuff like that. So I guess that's that's my question to, to you guys is how well do you feel like Van Weezer succeeds as like a love letter to those to your kiss and your Sabbath and all that stuff? Musically, it it does OK, but it it's very short spurts, but then lyrically and then a lot of the songs just kind of go into the uh, like the Stacy's mom uh, mm. warp tour kind of songs and it i don't know it's it kind of fades away into that and then it goes into the breakdown better but so would you say we we talked in a recent episode about um greta van fleet and and dirty honey and how some of the tracks that they release in their sound sound kind of like they could have come right out of the era of the bands that they were you know influenced by you wouldn't say that there's anything on here that really truly feels like it could have been released like next to a Van Halen song and sounded fitting like not, in, in that time period. Not with, not with rivers vocals in my opinion. Uh, yeah. That's what I was going to say is I think that it, it's the best type of tribute that Weezer could have done. Okay. Um, you know, I, I think that, you know, there's definitely some guitar riffs that definitely pay homage to the great guitar heroes of, of all time. But the uh, overall album there, I just felt there was no cohesiveness in the, in, in the songs. They're all just like a hodgepodge of different, like, tributes and and i don't know it just didn't there was nothing in there that I, I could hear that came out like years ago it just sounded like weezer doing tributes or trying to rip off other people's music <laughs> and my thought on that is at the end of the day if this was a pizza and i know maybe i'm hungry i don't know you, but, yes. uh, second pizza <laughs> reference the bottom layer is always weezer so, okay. yeah, so yeah, but it's she the, it's the <laughs> toppings on each album, whether it's dance over the top, whether it's a symphony, whether it's metal guitars, it's still all Weezer. And <laughs> it all depends on what you're looking for in this. If you're looking for an 80s album, it doesn't succeed. Right. If you're looking for Weezer with a mashup of 80s, it succeeds well, kind yeah. of the way where. If you go back and listen to other Weezer albums, like everything will be all right in the end. That was their mm-hmm. kind of, I know Rick Okasik produced it, but that was their Rick Rubin-esque approach to, hey, let's do what we did in 94 and 96 again. Right. And they did right. it. And right. it worked. Whereas Ratitude was, let's just throw everything to the wall and see what sticks. And it's yep. hit or miss. And there's reasons for that. And I feel like Van Weezer is a concept in sound, but at the end of the day, there's no mistaking that you're listening to Weezer. Right. Yeah. yeah. To go off of kind of what you just touched on, Brian, and, and what Dan was saying about the the sort of like cohesiveness of the tracks. I think I think that you're on to something, Dan, and that honestly is what for me most separates the good album the good Weezer albums from the bad ones. Cause I think I think everything will be all right in the end. The first two, uh the white album I think what you have going for them is that they very much feel, and I've mentioned this multiple times in the past, that this is something that is important to me in albums a lot. They feel like they all, the tracks all belong together and that they're flowing. They feel like they're part of something that needs to be together. Whereas that stretch that they had with you know Red, Ratitude, uh, Hurley, and Death to False Metal even, even Make Believe, those albums... They felt much more hodgepodgey and just like a collection of songs rather than an album. And it made it a lot harder for me to 
appreciate them as albums. And that I think is a, an interesting difference between Van Weezer and OK Human. Van Weezer, obviously they have that, you know, like eighties, like rock and metal, kind of a lot of that influence going on. But as you said, the songs don't necessarily sound like they need to be together. Whereas OK Human to me feels like a start to finish like experience. And not just because it's a completely different sound with the symphony stuff instead of the guitars, but there's a lot of ebb and flow in the album and songs kind of working into each other and shoot. They even have something that they pretty much never do, which is they have songs that are kind of like interludes and stuff. Right. Weezer's very traditionally 10 tracks, a half hour. Each track is three minutes long. <laughs> bada bing, bada boom, we're out <laughs> with very few exceptions. This one has, you know, a 23 second track on it and a couple of other things. And it all feels I think the orchestra style was the right style because it all feels like different, like movements of one big piece together. I agree. And I love how it started off with all my favorite songs like that kind of brought the orchestra in really well. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it it sounded to me like almost a verb pipe song. That's a great comparison. Yeah. The strings did have a little bit of that bittersweet symphony thing going to. Yes. That's the song I was thinking of. Thank you. Damn name. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't think about that until right now, but, and that song, every time I hear somebody even say the name, it gets put, it gets in my head. Like (laughs) I think it's the catchiest song on that album. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I do agree that OK Human is more cohesive. I will say that I feel like Screens is the last decent song on this album. And I literally mm. had to force myself away to listen to the end <laughs> of the album. Like I, after that song, I just, I'm sorry. I just felt like it was absolute crap after that song. <laughs> you tapped out at 20 minutes instead yeah, of 30. I, I couldn't. I, I was I, I literally forced myself to listen to it twice. It was like, maybe it wasn't so bad. And I was like, I'll listen to it again. I was like, ah, crap. <laughs> it was bad yeah. I will say I didn't mind uh, track 9 Dead Roses it was okay. yeah Bird with a Broken Wing and Dead Roses I didn't mind but again I'm listening to this album as more of a end of the night kind of background chilled out album Yeah, yeah. I'm not listening Makes to sense. this as hey I'm going on a road trip let's throw in OK Human <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. I want to fall asleep at the wheel no it's <laughs> This is more of a mellow, relaxing album. And in listening to that, I enjoy it for what it is. And I think it is probably because of the fact that it's tied together with the orchestra, probably the closest thing to a concept album, even though the theories and the lyrics of the songs aren't all tied together like you would think on a concept album. So musically, it's a concept album, not lyrically. Right. Yeah, I agree. We mentioned uh, Grapes of Wrath earlier. I wanted to mention that again. Do you feel like that was written specifically for an Audible commercial? Because <laughs> I feel like it was. If it wasn't, we need to let them know. They could be missing out on some money here. They're like, I want a little finder's fee, but I have an idea for you guys. <laughs> the Inch, sponsored by Audible. Okay. <laughs> that's right. That's, <laughs> that's, that's right. my thoughts on this one and and i think i would agree so weezer they really toe a line sometimes between being charming and being super hokey and i feel like okay human does a good job of landing on that like more like sincere and charming side where like you said it is it is a good end of the night kind of relaxing you could put it on the background and i don't feel like being disrespectful to the band that i'm not like latching on to every word but I'm still enjoying just having it playing in the background kind of thing. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. There's only two songs on this album that I could foresee them playing in concert. 
And it is the two we've mentioned the most. Uh, All my favorite songs, obviously, because of that AJR remix that came out recently. That screams, hey, we're going to be putting this in our set this summer. Here's why. And then Grapes of Wrath, I feel like you could substitute guitars in that song and it would still work mixed into a Weezer set because they got to promote this somehow. They want to make money. All, All bands do. And this was the only official single all my favorite songs released from it because because it immediately went right back into Van Weezer. Yep, yep. And so that would also make sense. Plus, you know, unless you're actually taking an orchestra with you, which they aren't that I know of, <laughs> they're going to have to figure out a way to work around that. And one of the easiest ways to do it is to just not play very much from it on the tour. <laughs> Although I'll be honest, if they did, a, let's say they did a theater tour where they played OK Human in its entirety and then a mixture of Weezer yeah. songs with an orchestra. I would enjoy that yeah, for, a, yeah. for a night out. I would truly enjoy that as long as they didn't play the black album. Right. <laughs> I'll go to that. And, and I, I want them to pair up with Ben folds and it'll be, yeah. it'll be a great night. It'll be Weezer Ben folds and whatever orchestra Ben can tell him how it works. Cause he's already done that before. It'll be perfect. <laughs> that would actually be a fantastic. <laughs> that'd be a fantastic show. I would really enjoy that. Maybe that's Weezer's secret plan. Let's like jam all summer doing the Van Weezer stuff. And in the fall we'll do like a, we'll play like concert halls with, with orchestras or something. Then we'll go back and promote, promote. Okay, human. Then, or release another album. Who knows what yeah. they'll do? I wouldn't put it past them. I mean, that's the one thing that I will say about Weezer is I appreciate their artistry. I mean, because they jump genres all over the place, and they do a good job in Weezer's style. So there's something to be said for that. I had a friend back in high school. Shout out to my friend Lauren, who I, for some reason I still remember this quote to this day. That and this was back when I think like maybe when the green album came out and she was like, Weezer tries too hard to be Weezer. And <laughs> and I think that there's some truth to that on some of their albums. But in regard to the artistry, like what Casey just said, I think their best moments come when they don't seem like they're trying that hard to be a thing, when they just seem like they're playing and like trying an experiment that they enjoy. And I think that both of these fill that role. They're like, hey, let's try this this pet sounds kind of idea. And also, we love us some, you know, riff rock from the 70s and 80s. So let's just like they've always leaned a little bit into that, but this more than ever before. Right. Yeah. It just seems like we're doing this for us, you know, really. Like we know pe- enough people will like it that we can justify it. But even if they don't, we're we're doing it for us. <laughs> yeah, and I feel like that's why 2021 is such a successful year for them because they're not I feel like the Black Album, I know we've been shitting on it this whole hour, but they I feel like they were really trying hard to fit in with artists that do that kind of music for a living and do it well. Wasn't there a song about like a Uber driver or something on that album? The zombie one was the one where I was like, okay, I'm tapping out. <laughs> like, sorry, dude, you lost me on it. But these albums, I feel like, you know what? If Rivers is influenced by all these different musicians and he writes songs that speak to this vibe, I mean, think about this. The mistake would have been if these were two albums that had, like, all my favorite songs followed up by Blue Dream. Right. right. That is the mistake they right. made on albums like Make Believe and Hurley and Ratitude. At least they're sticking to a concept. So if you're not into the concept, you can skip the album. But both of these albums, I feel like they executed so well, even for a band that, look, if you're not a fan of Weezer, and but you're a fan of the Beach Boys, I feel like they Beach Boys fans would enjoy this album. And 
I don't know. I can't necessarily say the same thing about Van Weezer, but I feel like anybody who grew up in the late 80s, early 90s will respect where they went with Van Weezer. Maybe not going all in and doing a straight up hairband album, but kind of mixing the two together to create kind of a sound that speaks to the album title. And what else worked for Weezer on with this move, this releasing, particularly releasing Van Weezer now, delaying it as they said they would for the tour. As far as I'm aware, you know, Green Day puts out songs here and there and, and they're a little surprising. As far as I'm aware, Weezer's the only one of the three bands on this big tour with Green Day and Fall Out Boy that has a new album to be playing and promoting. And so I feel like um, technically Green Day does have an album that they were not able to promote due to the pandemic. That's also a blessing. Have you heard that album? <laughs> oh, we actually liked it. You're talking about Father of All Motherfuckers? Yeah. I <laughs> Look, here's all I'll say. If they named it Foxborough Hot Tubs, Father of All Mother Effers, <laughs> I would understand. But they released it under Green Day, and that is a Foxborough <laughs> Hot Tubs album. I don't know if you guys That's know fair. who the Foxborough Hot Tubs are. I I think I actually listened to to your podcast episode and heard that comment and went back because I'd kind of forgotten about that mm-hmm. and, and listened to the hot tubs and I was like okay I get what he's saying okay now. so Green <laughs> Green Day has done several offshoots where it's the same members but they don't release it under Green Day they did an album by the Network it is an eighties new wave album but it's played by Green Day and then they did the Foxborough Hot Tubs and they did this kind of a seventies. I don't know what you'd even call the, but it sounds kind of the style that they went for on father. And the fact that they released it under the green day title to me just said, we need to get out of our contract. Let's give them the hot tubs record (laughs) and then we'll do a green day album. That's the way I feel with it. And that's the only reason I don't like it because I feel like it's not green day. I feel like it's the Foxborough hot tubs. And that could be what they were kind of doing. And and now they're amping up for a new Green Day release. But I mean, yeah, they'll be promoting that album on this tour, but it's, you know, it's a year old now, so it's not going to be quite the same. But uh, nonetheless. Yeah, sorry. I, I, I haven't met too many people that are fans of uh, Father of All, so I would love to hear what you we, do like about it. But I know that's a totally different. <laughs> we, we have an episode. You can actually yes. go back to, to season one and, and find that somewhere. It was our Father's Day episode last year. I will go back and do that. It was a mixed review. It wasn't entirely positive. Yeah, it wasn't like we we're over the top. Yeah, all, all, but all in all, um, it was it was something we mostly enjoyed. I mean, compared to Uno Dos Trace, it was a blessing. <laughs> yeah. Which there might have been some uh, Foxborough hot tubs in that one, too. So well, definitely on Dose, there was Foxborough all yeah. over Dose. Uh, yeah. Uno, Uno is the only one of that trio that I feel like could have salvaged a Green Day album if you pulled some songs off of it. Yeah. Yeah, there are some great songs on Uno, but I know this is about Weezer. I'm sorry. I yeah, no, you're, 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 you're good. You're good. We get we'll sidetracked. Out. With this a we lot. get sidetracked on other bands on episodes. We can we can start wrapping it up here. But I got a question for for you guys, and and for a couple of you, it might be a two parter. So what are your what are your top tracks from either or both of these? If you didn't really like the album, you just got one top track. That's fine. Um, from Van Weezer, I liked uh, the end of the game. I liked one more hit. And I really did like the first track hero as well. Yeah. And okay. hero that that's when I was forgetting. Okay. And then from okay. Human, of course, all my favorite songs. Um, Grapes of wrath was good. 
um, Dead Roses. Screens was interesting. <laughs> I like that song. I think it was, Screens was probably my favorite song for some reason. I don't even know why. <laughs> like, I look at my screen all the time, too. Yeah, I understand. <laughs> I was I was working when I was listening to that song. Who knows? Which also, if you ever watch the music video for all my favorite songs, it's definitely about Screens as well. Because yeah. when I work, I have three screens in front of me. So, boy, <laughs> that's a lot. Yeah. How about, did you have any other songs, uh, Dan, that you were particularly actually uh, stuck out you know no i think this. casey covered them all to be honest uh, I think <laughs> me and him typically have the same kind of uh <laughs> taste when it comes to stuff we don't like so <laughs> <laughs> well so I, was look, I was looking for the i was looking for the diamonds in the rough from you that's what i was going for because you you seem to admit that there are some things that are salvageable and decent yeah. out of it it's just as a whole i'm not a huge fan i listen to it so it's not like you know if, if it was total crap i wouldn't have even bothered but um i, I, <laughs> I would have got a text message from dan he'd been like i listened to it once we can't do this episode yep that's yeah, <laughs> like that. like, fuck you i'm not doing this you guys can have fun great i'm out wait yep. till i'm on vacation yep. and then record this without me <laughs> I, I was just gonna say yeah I, I, I thought it was decent i thought both albums were decent it was well, actually I, I will say that both albums were better than i was expecting put it hmm. that way yeah i agree with that i did want to make one quick note the song precious metal girl i was i was curious how that was gonna go and then as soon as it just went soft all the way through i was like oh they missed an opportunity (laughs) (laughs) completely agree i'm actually casey i'm right on board with you as far as okay human goes all my favorite songs grapes of wrath and dead roses are my three favorites so if that was a a trifecta there like we talk about on playlist yeah. wars all the time <laughs> that's right and then for van weezer hero the end of the game and uh beginning of the end i actually really like and the precious metal girl they did they did miss they did miss the ball on that one too so i completely agree with you on both of those albums <laughs> and um yeah i feel like this is one of those years for weezer where it's going to be a memorable one for them in a positive way versus the 2019 black album teal album which was kind of a mixed bag so to speak if there's one thing that they're great at it's it's comebacks and they if they keep finding ways to to become relevant in some way or another i think for me uh for okay human actually i think you guys really kind of nailed the same ones i think that's it, to me that album it, it wasn't that there really were songs that actually stood out very much to be honest i really did feel like it was just like one solid like listening experience um, yeah. Some of the songs bled into each other, but I don't say that in a necessarily negative way. Like I was fine with it. Right. Um, whereas, uh, so Van Weezer, I'm going to go, I think, yeah, end of the game was great. I like beginning of the end. And then Sheila can do it. Um, you know, it had the Motley Crue thing going on. The other thing I liked about that one is to me, that one actually felt the most like blue era of all the tracks on here. And okay. it's so much so that it actually kind of sounds like no one else. Um, from that album, if you listen to the churning of the riff and whatnot. So that one stood out to me as a little little uh, kind of bonus deep cut towards the end of the album. All right. So, well, I appreciate all of you guys being here for this conversation. I know, again, this is one I've been looking forward to and, and my second conversation about Weezer this week that's been, you know, recorded. And uh, <laughs> And I appreciate, you know, Brian particularly for joining us this time and also, you know, Dan for willing himself through these albums <laughs> and, and Casey is just generally easygoing and we'll, we'll, we'll make the best of whatever. Um, so, but I still appreciate his presence in that as well. So, um, 
yeah. <laughs> and Brian, we, like we mentioned before, we've got ourselves a little two-part situation going on here. So those who would like to hear more of us talking about this band and have not already, where can they find that one more time? Sure thing. So you can head over to playlistwarspodcast.com. Our show format's really simple. We Each episode, we choose a band or a topic. And my co-host, Gomez, and I, we've been friends for 25 years. We bring a guest on, and we each create a 10-song playlist about that band. And in this episode, we had Aaron on, and we each created a 10-song playlist to describe Weezer in the best way, or at least the way we felt was the best way to describe the band. And then we let our listeners vote for which one of the three of us, quote-unquote, got it right. So you can head over to PlaylistWarsPodcast.com to hear that second part of this episode, as well as the other episodes with bands that we featured like Metallica, Eric Church, Motley Crue, Weird Al Yankovic. We're all over the map. And we also are on Facebook and Twitter at Playlist Wars or on Instagram at Playlist Wars Podcast. And you can find us on any podcast platform. And I just want to thank you guys for having me on. This has been absolutely awesome. I love geeking out and nerding <laughs> over music with people. You guys are fantastic. And I really sincerely appreciate you guys letting me uh, join in. If you guys ever have a really good guest cancel and you're desperate, let me know. I'd be happy to come <laughs> on any other time. We will. I think we might have to have a green day conversation at some point. Yeah. I'd love to. I would Little love hint. to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, we really appreciate you coming on. Yeah, thank you very much for joining the show. I will have to say that I'm still pulling for my boy Aaron to win your little friendly competition. Oh, thank you. Even the band he doesn't like. <laughs> Drop a vote for him, and then you guys all have an open invite when there are bands that you would like to battle us in. Let us know, and we'll bring each one of you on one at a time, and we'll uh, duke it out on those as well. You know, you know when I can tie these together, Dan? You know a band that has um, gone on record notoriously for being Weezer fans? Oh, what's that? That would be Deftones. <laughs> yeah, Deftones, right. Deftones loves them some Weezer, at least in the 90s. They did. I don't know not now, but nonetheless. <laughs> so I'm just throwing that out there. Deftones is not a band that has happened on Playlist Wars yet. And so Ooh. if you guys want to talk off the air, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> Sounds like a plan. So thank you very much for listening to the Itch podcast. My name is Dan. I'm Casey. I'm Aaron. And I'm Brian. And until next time, rock on. If you enjoyed what you heard in this episode, please subscribe and tell a friend about the show. We've got plenty of links in the show notes to continue the conversation, including the episode's playlist. And you can interact with us on Twitter, Facebook, or through Gmail and itchrocks.com, all at itchrocks, I-T-C-H-R-O-C-K-S. Said you never heard